This is the Data Privacy Detective. Rest in peace. That's an aphorism for the passing from life to death. But what about the decedent's data? Is there rest in peace after death? Is there any privacy after death? We're going to consider this really interesting topic today. Digital data. We live enormous digital footprints. We have ever since computers and the internet developed. Our information is collected, shared, stored, used by businesses, governments, individuals. In life, we have some ability to control its use, and laws and regulations protect us to an increasing extent. But what happens after we're no longer living? Well, digital information about us continues after death. Financial matters, assets, medical information, all sorts of personal uh, matters, including some information we might wish to keep secret. But after death, we're not around to control that anymore. So let's think together about who controls the digital footprints of our existence in life. Well, we might create a will or an estate plan uh, to give directions to uh, annuity holders and life insurance policies about what we want to have happen to our assets. But when we think about that, these are financial assets, real estate, uh, bank holdings, uh, life insurance proceeds, household items, including photo books, things like that. They're very personal. But what about our Facebook account? or messages about us uh, in our work life, or medical information with our providers and our pharmacists. And when we're not around to police it, who, who can do that for us in our place? Anybody? That's where we're exploring in this podcast about death and privacy. Well, let's think about laws. Take the most extensive pro-privacy set of laws in the world. They're uh, that of the European Union, the GDPR, the General Data Privacy Regulation that applies in uh, 28 countries. Section 27 says that GDPR does not apply to the personal data of deceased persons. Now, it does add that member states may provide for rules regarding the processing of personal data of deceased persons, but it leaves that up to each individual European country. And Section 158 of GDPR says that the regulation does not apply uh, itself to deceased persons, reiterating that point. So even with the most comprehensive data regulations in the world, dead people seem to be uh, pretty much out of it in terms of protecting their privacy. Now, some European Union countries do allow heirs, uh, those people who inherit from a a person, to exercise the digital rights of the decedent if that has been authorized by the uh, decedent. In the United States, one of the oldest privacy laws, the Federal Privacy Act of 1974, states explicitly that it does not apply to dead people. And we're all familiar with HIPAA in the United States, the overarching uh, 
federal law regarding uh, what medical uh, providers and covered persons that work with medical providers can do with our health data. Uh, and there, it's different from the Federal Privacy Act. Our health information will continue to be subject to HIPAA's quite strict laws for 50 years after our death. As long as the person uh, who can give consent uh, uh, allows that, if that's provided. Think about the California Act, the CCPA, the California Consumer Privacy Act, which applies and protects, applies to and protects residents of California. Well, if you're buried in California or you're a resident, statute's not quite clear, your body is still there. What if you're cremated? Then are you a resident if your ashes are scattered? Yeah, the statute just doesn't consider this. Somehow we leave dead people out of our thinking when we draft these statutes. Think of the Freedom of Information Act. That's a federal law that protects uh, individual uh, personal information of individuals from being disclosed to newspapers and other people who want information uh, from the federal government. There's an exemption there protecting living persons from having their personal private information uh, revealed. Government officials are, are, are a little different from most of us, but not for deceased persons. And yet this came up in the case of Vince Foster. Vince Foster, a, a lawyer during the Clinton administration, uh, uh, died. And uh, there were some people who thought that he'd been uh, murdered uh, by the Clinton family, it was said. And uh, uh, people tried to get information about uh, Vince Foster and particularly about his uh, autopsy photo. The U.S. Supreme Court agreed, no, there would be no release of that under the FOIA, primarily out of respect for uh, the, the Foster family about so, uh, gruesome uh, autopsy photos, having nothing to do with how he died, of course. Then you had uh, the <clears throat> tragic loss of Dale Earnhardt, one of the great race car drivers. Uh, after he died, uh, newspapers tried to get his uh, his autopsy reports and photos of uh, uh, of how he died uh, uh, and Florida passed a statute legislature respecting the dignity of such matters uh, and uh, uh, after lower courts uh, refused to uh, support the newspaper's uh, attempts to get this information uh, those details were kept private. But otherwise, there are not many laws about the digital data of dead persons. Well, we've mentioned estate planning. Now, most estate planners have uh, formats, templates for uh, dealing with a will that you can even download one now online without a lawyer. And, but if you look carefully, I don't think you'll find templates that deal with digital data as an asset of an estate. Is that property? Is digital data our property? Well, this is one of the great struggles in the regulation of data privacy. Uh, is it the property of the person that it concerns? Or is it property at all, really? Uh, now, there are people who are thinking of urging us to think of this as a dignitary interest. That would be an interest of the decedent and the family out of decent respect for 
and not revealing certain things. But that assumes that it's property and that there would be a, a an executor to enforce this. Uh, and then it's digital prop, property, uh, an asset of the estate. Well, if that's the case, uh, in a state that has an estate tax, <laughs> how much is it worth? Uh, I don't think uh, estate taxes ever set a price on digital data. Now, famous people can put a block on releasing records for a number of years, uh, such as the, the Warren Harding family and Warren Harding himself restricting the release of, of data uh, with an interest in of historians in uh, regard to letters he may have written to certain women, as an example. But uh, that generally has to do with hard copy data, not digital data. The internet didn't exist in, uh, during the Harding administration's years. So what about digital data that's held by third parties? Very little guidance about that. And, and let's, let's think if we put into our own will uh, that we want someone to be the executor administrator of our digital property, not just our tangible and real property assets. Uh, items of personal property uh, would include da digital data if we say so. It'll be interesting to see whether the courts will uh, basically uh, recognize the role of a digital executor. And if you're serious about your data privacy, of course, address it during your lifetime because it's not clear who's going to speak for you after your death and make decisions about the release of personal information about you. But you could try to put this into a, a will or a state plan and, and see what happens. Uh, of course, you won't know. You'll, you'll no longer be with us. Well, who gets the right to use your password after you die? Passwords. Uh, you probably have many passwords or use a password manager. Who gets to use those after you die? You might provide... Uh, information to someone you you trust to get that password that'll probably work because they'll use your name even though you're not uh, your username even though you're not with us anymore and then we'll have the password to get in there and then make changes to uh, the settings and so on or even perhaps request deletion or, or corrections to data that's on the sites all of this is worth thinking about well how about the reputation and the hacking risks involved now, there's a maxim in law, one cannot libel the dead. There's no defamation action that you can bring as a dead person. Of course, a dead person, pretty hard to pay the filing fee, isn't it? Uh, so, but can, can the estate of the dead person do this? And in general, the answer is yes. And yet some states have passed laws to modify this principle, that there is something to a person's reputation after death that can go too far. Yeah, in uh, in maligning the person and interfering with the dignitary interest that one would have in in, in the life that one led led. What about hackers? Hackers can go after uh, people's uh, financial assets after they die. Uh, obituaries come out. Maybe this is an opportunity for a hacker to get in there and say, "Well, wait a minute. You can't sue me. Uh, I just hacked into a dead person's uh, account." Well, that doesn't work very well because. Laws generally say that a hacker would need authorization of the person. And of course, to be a hacker, you're, you're not unless the person's hired you to hack, such as an ethical hacker. Uh, but the hacker would still be in trouble for getting in there. If you, of course, who, if you can go after the person and, and who, who's going to enforce that executive of the estate, even if the 
estate plan isn't clear about the person's right to go after a, a hacker? Uh, probably, but unclear. And consider the opposing interest of many people's desire for immortality. I have a friend who urges uh, benefactors uh, to consider legacy gifts to a community endowment where he's the uh, development director uh, to raise funds for the endowment. And he talks to people about how you, you die twice, once when you take your last breath and once when people no longer talk about you at all. And so he says through a uh, recording, a video cast, it'll be around forever. You can talk to your great-grandchildren and those after that. It's an interesting thought. This is increasingly possible. Uh, AI alter, uh, and tech allow these things. You can go to a Holocaust museum where you literally can have a, a digital conversation with a Holocaust survivor who may have been dead many years because the recordings have been made and they can converse to you about thousands of topics. It's as though you're sitting there with a living person on the screen. There are companies that will create a digital avatar for you so that your digital avatar will live long after your earthly uh, demise. There are businesses like the digitalbeyond.com that uh, promise digital immortality in using digital data to live after your death. Of course, we need to consider them, don't we? Whether one can pull the plug on a digital avatar. Who has the right to do that and under what circumstances? It's a brave new world after death. Think of Facebook, huge database of personal information. One estimate is that perhaps as many as 30 million dead people are active on Facebook. Active, maybe an incorrect word to use, but they're on Facebook. And who can delete or change their information? Um, are, are there followers? Are dead people followers of others? And what happens uh, over time when deceased persons are going to outnumber the active ones on Facebook and other social media? It'll be quite interesting. Can you have a, a deep fakes uh, by persons impersonating dead persons? So what can be done about that? Because you see what happens with digital data is we create digital human remains. They have no coffin or columbarium niche. And they'll be out there. And law and regulation over time may be needed, I would say are needed, to deal with this. Can a person while alive control how digital data is used after death? Well, I've suggested already thinking about your own will or estate plan and thinking how you would like to deal with that. We deal with that with organ donations, for example. There's a Uniform Anatomical Gift Act in the United States adopted by most states uh, but there's no uh, uniform digital data gift act, is there? Maybe there should be. Then there's the concern while you're living about how you're going to be remembered over time. For example, let's say after death, a spouse learns that the uh, deceased spouse gambled online and lost uh, large sums, kept it secret, or had an affair and kept that secret. And suddenly a very happy marriage may not be as happy for the widower widower. Or fill in the blank about a secret during life. The dead person's not around to try to control that anymore. And there's an opportunity for blackmailers, deep fakers, other imposters 
to deal wrongly with that problem. So is there a way, for example, today for individuals to cause the automatic deletion of data about them upon their death? For example, uh, immediate uh, uh, notice to web browsers, uh, Facebook, other uh, places where personal information exists to be deleted immediately. I'm aware of no law that currently lets a dead person say, do not sell or share my personal information, or to create a trigger of death to eliminate all data. Instead, right now, it's probably up to the terms and conditions of each browser and other website about how things like that are going to be handled and who can speak for a dead person, uh, who can have access to control what happens. Well, we've touched on a lot of things for society and each of us to consider with our, regarding our digital data that we create and leave behind uh, once we're no longer living. And with that, I'll remind dear listeners, as I always do, protecting your personal data begins with you. 